and welcome to Streaming Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. Ah, screw middle names. I'm Joel Cox, and this is Nick Watson, a special guest. How you doing today, Nick? Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me. Well, good to be back, actually. Yeah, it's been a few months. Indeed it has. So, you ever, did you ever do collectible card games as a kid, or baseball cards, or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I did. I had a, actually had a wide variety of sports genres, um, mainly baseball, football cards, basketball cards, um, and I actually collected some Magic the Gathering cards as well. Um, most of these were I would find at flea markets, um, you know, probably around the age from from about five or six till probably till high school, and then I sort of petered out of it. But yeah, still, I'm actually trying to get back into that now that you mention it. Will you consider yourself a collector? I think I am. I mean, I, I really was into it. I collected. I also, <clears throat> I was more interested in the value. I'm not gonna lie. At the time, um, I was interested in. We used these um, valuation magazine. Well, they were a magazine called Beckett, and it would sort of you know give you the value of the cards and depending on what shape they were in, you know, mint to fair to you know, whatever. But it was something that I, I enjoyed. Not I enjoyed not only the sport, but I think I actually enjoyed more just collecting and trading. The reason I ask is another friend of mine has tried to drive me back into crypto cryptocurrencies yet again. First you did oh. a couple months ago, and now he he gave me a call on Saturday. He wants to, to generate NFTs. Oh my goodness, yes, we've we've talked about this a lot um, in just our our own conversations. So what's going on? What's what's what? What are you thinking? I'm not thinking anything because the possibilities of everything that can be done is just blowing my mind. Like there's a group called the Board Ape Yacht Club, I guess. Mm-hmm. They generated ten thousand unique ape avatars, and basically what they're doing is they're if you ever played like a role playing game or a video game where you could make your own character, and yeah, you could select mm-hmm. like your hair color and like the type the style of everything. It's a similar concept of generating an avatar. So, like, you've got the base ape. Then you've got the, the fur color. Then you've got, like, clothing. Then you've got, like, earrings and, and sunglasses and eye color and stuff like that. So each one okay. of those things is called a trait. And some traits are rare. Some traits are common. And some traits are uncommon. So, basically, mm-hmm. this computer program generates 10,000 items with a weighted thing of saying... Well, if you have these purple sunglasses, they're like a one one in one in a thousand apes will have this. Or like if you have a zombie version, there's like a ten percent chance like a one percent chance you get a zombie version of one of these tokens. Okay. So just the possibilities of all these different creations. People are making ten thousand collections of different stuff like cats and dogs and apes and whatnot. And and, and don't correct me if I'm wrong, but this will be sold on like Sotheby's, right? Open sea for auction. Oh, okay. So the 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 small the cheapest you could have got an ape was two hundred eighty seven dollars, before they became super rare because now they're all bought. Now they're through the roof. Like some of these things are thousands upon thousands of ether. That's just impossible to buy now because they're so they're so rare because of the qualities they have on them. And it made wow. me think about the collectible card game stuff because the whole thing with NFTs is basically you have a digital item that is actually unique. 
So I started reading about how these things are built. And, like, there's this thing there's called the... Inter uh, I think it's Intergalactic Planetary file, file System, which is a mm -hmm. immutable file system where you can actually put something on there and it'll basically stay there forever because it's on like like a, it's a uh, distributed file system, so like you don't, you don't have to worry about the file going missing because somebody will always always have a copy of it somewhere in the world. Okay, and that's where they're storing all this information for these tokens. But it got me thinking about how like. In the future, you could use this NFT technology to build, like, a Pokemon game or a collectible card system. Oh, yeah, very true. So, you know, I, it's funny. This is kind of, well, it's it's sort of dovetails off of that. But, like, I know Mark Cuban was for, um, owner of Dallas Mavericks, well, owner of a lot of things. But um, he was using, like, highlight footage that they had, exclusive highlight footage. And, and I, yeah, I think making nfts out of the highlight footage yeah, there's highlight footage there's videos documents you can make if it's digital you can make an nft out of it you just gotta store it somewhere and like make a smart contract for it i actually made several vhs and now this is just silly but i made several vhs tapes that i like dubbed of like michael jordan highlight tapes back in like the late 80s early 90s and i was actually used to collect these these highlight tapes like sports illustrated mm -hmm. um and Different stuff like that. So that really interests me. Like I used to watch like for NBA, they had like the dunk contest and they were really cool highlight tapes and they were actually dubbed with music. And it actually was kind of cool because they showed like the background of the players, just their personal lives and as they became superstars. And they don't do stuff like that anymore as intimate, really, I no. believe. Um, so yeah, that's really neat. And hey, I was going to ask you real quick. So I, so there were like 107 of these <clears throat> with the Board Ape Club or the, the NFTs, the Board Ape NFTs. There's 10, so originally there were, there's ten thousand images, but they were like, they sell. Are they sets? Are they? Are they? The the, the board ape the board ape group has a it's the set is ten thousand. Okay. Okay. And gotcha. people are actually using these as their avatars on Twitter, like I guess the double thing. How the club gets so popular? How, it's like a club in the states. Yuga is that like the? I don't exactly. Understand. Basically, it was a project that someone started. And then a couple, the of, a couple people started buying the tokens and then using the images for their avatars that everybody wanted them, and then they became super rare. And then people started collecting mm -hmm. them, like they collect baseball cards and stuff. But apparently the other thing, too, is if you have an NFT from them, you have access to their board, their board, board Ape Yacht Club website thing, where they actually also have what's called the bathroom, which is like a graffiti place where you can actually put graffiti on the digital wall. So very cool. So they're actually making so these NFTs have a not a, a useful purpose, but like a purpose. Like you could actually right. hypothetically, if you built your own project and said, "We're gonna have the also the Michael Jordan fan club," and there's ten thousand mm -hmm. tokens to get membership. Like there's only 10, there's a ten thousand member cap. You could sell an NFT to get access to it. Then once you have access to that NFT, you could then make that your key to a website. So you could use your nft to get access to different websites and whatnot oh that's really cool mm -hmm. and like i said my buddy and i were talking the other day about how you could basically recreate magic the gathering digitally within with nfts yeah interesting so you would it be like an alt like a mirrored well basically you could make your own game it could, it could be anything but i'm saying if you have yeah. like there's only 5,000 of these cards, 
and there only 5,000 people can have access to that token. Like, you have common cards where, like, there'd be millions of them. But then you have the super rare right. ones where, like, you know you know, on, on television where, like, they, they sold those those coins and stuff, late night TV? There's only 5,000 of these minted, and they're numbered. It's the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, remember, I mean, investing in art, art in general is just a no-brainer. I think the well, as far as like market was. Well, the funny thing just, is, it's, it's appreciated more than anything in the other market. Most of these tokens so, are programmatically created. So, like the example they used was, say for example, you let's say we did dogs. You'd have like the base picture of the dog, and then you can change the eye color. You can change the fur color. Like you have all these traits for it, and it just generates these traits and slaps them together. Like it's. Technically not art, but it is, which is one of the other things that interests me. Because I was looking at the way of how do, how would you generate 10,000 unique items and make sure there aren't any doubles. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, basically it's combinations and permutation, what it comes down to. And like I said, I've, I've never really been a collector. Like, I'll buy stuff. But, like, I don't care about having entire sets. I just like collecting the stuff that I think is cool. Like, I've never... i got to complete the set. <laughs> yeah, I was a collector. I actually stumbled upon my Pog collection as well recently. I don't know if you were into that at all. But... Oh, not at all. I did get into collecting <laughs> Disney, Disney pins for a little bit. We went on vacation the one year, and I bought some pins and started trading them. And there's, like, one set that I almost got all of them, but, like, there's one missing. But, like, it's funny because when you start collecting something and there's, like, 15, 20 items, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get the first half of this collection. But once you start getting the last two or three, then it's like, I'll never find this. Then there's that one pin you keep seeing or that one item you keep seeing, and you're like, I see this a thousand times. Why can't I find the one I want? Right. Actually, have a uh, peg and uh, a pegboard, um, corkboard of all the pins that I collected when I went to Disney the, the two trips. Nice. Now it's always good to have. Like it was more for me, you know. I was kind of going through a, a lot of my old stuff, um, you know, recent move not too long ago, and just sort of getting reorganized and had a bunch of stuff I'd taken out of storage. Now that I have room for it, and it was like basically the stuff from my childhood and. You know, you know, now I have a little one um, and just sort of start revisit things again with him and just like my old Disney stuff, you know, and just, I don't know, stuffed animals, beanie babies. That was like a real hot thing. That was, was a real hot thing when I was in college. That people were crazy about that. Like, um, I think my friends' moms and like parents were even crazier than the kids were about trying to find certain beanie babies. But yeah, I have a massive collection of those. So just shit like I haven't gone through. I need to see. Like, I kind of like if it does have value, it's great. I don't care. But like, like for instance, I have a Joe Montana rookie card and a Ricky Henderson rookie card, and it's like, yes, it's worth some money, but like, that money is not nearly as worth as much as it is just to have, you know, because it took me so long to find those cards, and so it's like I'd much rather just pass it on to my kid and not know what happens. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny because I was just thinking a friend of mine. She was into Lulu Row a lot, and she came down to visit like three or four years ago. I don't know if they're still a thing or not, but like she told me the whole business model, 
where basically you need like I think it was three 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 or three or five thousand dollars, and they just ship you random Lularoe material like like you can't pick what you want to buy, so they give you a random set, and then you're gonna network with other Lularoe Lularoe sellers. So like there's okay. a certain there's a certain brand thing someone wants you've got to network other people to get it, like you can't just pick and choose like you can sell what you have, but if you want to mm-hmm. if you were, you had to, you could also do trades with other sellers and stuff. It's just fascinating how like that's another thing where like there was like these rares that would drop and like you never knew who was gonna get what, so you had to make sure you talked to all the Lulu row sellers. Sellers, yeah, that's wild. I'm just hey, there's a market for everybody out there. Yes, there is. <laughs> Speaking of market, it's been a while since we've talked about. Uh, I guess, you know, we me and Joel we we do a thing with stocks. It used to be sort of like every month or so, right? Where we try to gather a few stocks together and oh yeah, add add to our portfolios. You still need some stocks from this month. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, man. I got I got two for you, ready to go. So, um, are they too hot to uh, talk on the podcast about? They're not too hot. To put I'll, I'll talk maybe the one. Um, I, I know a little more about the other one. This is like a biotech. It's called Legend Biotech Core, um, symbol L E G N. Right now, you can buy in for fifty six ninety eight. Ooh, too rich for my blood. This, it is a little bit rich for your blood, but like it's it's still I think it's worth it. I think it's um, this uh, I don't know too exact specifics about what they do, but they're they're basically like a clinical stage biopharm company. Um, they're working with cancer oncology. Um, basically, I think they're they have a product that is treatment, really good treatment for um, bone marrow. So like if you're you have cancer is attacking your plasma cells and there's a protein m created and this um, this medicine is really i guess a strong treatment and they have a bunch of other things for like hodgkin's lymphoma so it's a it's a bio like i said biotech company but they're moving average over like the last i don't know several months is they're they're a strong buy so um them and there's another one a real quick jinko solar holding company it's a solar company jks we can talk about it later, but they're, I think, 50, right around 50 as well to buy in. I so. actually was, well, I was scrolling through Facebook, and there's a girl I follow. Her name is Erin, and she does e-commerce stuff. She sells, she's a Canadian, but she does all online selling. And her claim to fame is that she's made millions of dollars selling stuff online, do, doing um, online stores and dropshipping. Well, not drop, I don't know if it's dropshipping. I know it's online stores, but she takes a lot of care into what she does. Well, she okay. mentioned... She doesn't normally talk about finance, but I guess there was this hair care product that was supposed to go public a couple weeks ago. And I tried to follow it a little bit, and of course, with things the way they were, the day it released, I forgot to look for it. It's supposed to release at sixteen dollars <laughs> a share, and I think it, it like doubled or tripled in price. Like, yeah, again. do you remember the the symbol? No, I don't. I have to go back and look for it. But it was one of those. Let me know. It's one of those. I'll product, add it to your watch list. It's one of those products where like. It has a it has a following and people love it, so it going public you knew it was gonna make some money. Yeah. But it, it, it's I still don't understand how companies make money off the stocks without catching them out. Because like, let's say Google goes public, which they did, and they sell the stock. Mm-hmm. So how do they get the money back? 
But yeah, it still stayed the market. Hmm. I think it's a complicated. Yeah, answer. that's what I thought. That's what I figured the answer was going to be. <laughs> I'm sure there's. there's I was I was doing ways. the hail mary, hoping that it was a simple answer. I was just an idiot, but no. No. Um, I mean, the money's always moving in the market. Without making myself sound like an idiot. Let me guess. Much. The money. It's like a torrent. <laughs> sure. Finance is fun. I don't know. Invest invest in indexes, mutual funds, stay safe. Yeah. Put your money in a four out Roth IRA. Yeah. It's but a, it's, fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun to play the game though. It's the long haul, not the short haul. There's a yes. yeah, I forget the name of the, I think it was called Day Trader. Ewan McGregor was in it. And like in the movie he lost a shitload of money. So he had to make it all back. And then when we think it was safe, he got back in. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like playing Russian with five with five, with five bullets in the chamber and going, well, I made it this time. Let me try again. Hey, speaking of, of risky things, how's our compound? How's our compound crypto doing? So that's an interesting story. <laughs> the BAT token stayed in the compound. The ethereal, ethereal well, technically, our if there are our compounds doing good, my compound's not doing good. <laughs> Somehow my my compound Ethereum got kicked out of the out of the pool. Hmm. So now I've got compound Ethereum, but I don't know how to put it back into the market because it's telling me I need eight hundred dollars to put two hundred dollars worth of crypto back into the market. Gas. You need eight hundred. Yeah, eight hundred dollars worth of gas. Yeah. Right. That you know what I I ran into that I ran into that problem till we found Compound, which is interesting. With BAT. Yeah. So I got to sit down and do some research. I just looked at uh, looked at that earlier, Mike. Yep, still a problem. So I try to random because uh, I I've also noticed that when I Google stuff, sometimes I don't always word it the same way. So I was hoping maybe I worded it better this time, which I didn't. So, <laughs> but. The bat's actually doing fine. Doing fine. It's still in the market, but the Ethereum that I put in, it is just sitting there as, as compound Ethereum. I haven't looked at my Dogecoin. <laughs> Let's look at the Doge right now. It is October eleventh at eight fifty-three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's see how much one Doge is worth. Last time I'm I still looked, kicking myself. Last time I checked. Pre SNL, remember? Pre, mm -hmm. pre yeah. What was it last time you checked? Sorry. Last time I checked, it was like 30 cents. It is now 23 cents a doge. Oh, good time. Great. Buy the dip. <sighs> Whatever. Well, let me ask you this. The buy the, buy dip, the dip. How how much of an asshole is that to say to buy the dip? No, you have to own some Facebook to say that. Because... I was, there's a guy I followed on TikTok and he talked about Bitcoin. He talked about some other stuff. And then like, I keep seeing occasionally he'll post some Instagram memes. And one was like, oh, make, when, the, when it dips, that's the time to buy. I'm like, is it really the time to buy? Oh, man. Remember I was telling you about Tim Dillon? Yes. I like him. He he's uh, he has his own podcast, and he he was down. Was it like I feel like crypto just had this huge conference not too long ago? Yeah, they did because that guy that I was just talking about, he was down there. 
Yeah. One of the Winklevoss, I think the Winklevoss twins, they were promoting Bitcoin, the Bitcoin, whatever, whatever it's called. What's it called? I don't know. The convention, the conference. I don't have. know the convention. I just know there's one. And, now. The, and they had like Jake, Jake Paul was down there and they were like, they all had like a sit down with, and, and uh, they were all just, they just kept chanting by the dip, by the dip, mm-hmm. by the dip. And then like, now it's like, there's nothing came of buying the dip. Oh, interesting. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, I I know just not to be dangerous of finance, and just not to know I shouldn't play with much of it. It'll put you in your place real quick. Oh the yeah, it will. And taxes, if you think you're I getting actually, it quick. I was actually I forget what I was watching or listening to, but they're saying this is the one there was one oh, I was one of the podcasts I was listening to. They're talking about the one guy who ran numbers in New York. He based it off the stock market, so they couldn't be fixed. So, like, he read, like, the stock symbol, like, whatever the Dow Jones or something was for that day, but the last three digits of the stock, the, the market was the numbers of the day. This sounds like an episode of American Greed, but yeah, go ahead. No, but it was fascinating that, like, a lot of people were like, oh, I'll just pick these random numbers and be like, oh, that's fixed. Well, this guy was like, no, you know what? I'll use the Dow Jones. Everyone their I'll brother, use the Dow <laughs> Everyone and their brother can just pick up a newspaper and find out what the numbers of the day are. Joey Diaz, you think he would have he he would appreciate that? Yes, definitely. He probably he probably knows who the boogie is. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, by the way, Coco, I've been he's in he's on a bunch of I think he's on the new Sopranos prequel movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's. I think he's making an appearance. He's doing some legit stuff nowadays. He's too busy for podcasts. Yeah, Joey Diaz is one of my favorite people to listen to. He had very interesting stories about his youth and when he was a criminal. You do some good impressions. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're pretty X-rated. Yeah, we can't but use those on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I got off topic there. No, there's no off topic with stream consciousness. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect example. We'll talk about numbers and Joey Diaz comes up. Like, that, that can't be more perfect. Right. So, you're a new homeowner. You've had your house for almost a year now. What have you learned in the past year? I've learned to YouTube things, to fix things. Um, YouTube's the best. Fridge isn't working right. YouTube it. Gotta take a few things apart. Clean a few coils. A little shop vac magic. It's better than paying somebody, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks to tell you the same thing, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. So, and then, unfortunately, you know, things like the HVAC got got a replacement coming. But I knew I was walking into that. So. Yeah, a lot of learning lessons just to to try to get used to doing things myself, not not apartment style living so much. Um, but it's been fun. Got a, we're building a going to get a deck here before winter comes, so we're scheduled here the next few weeks to get started with that. So we're having a little party in November, which you'll be coming to. So hopefully the decks out there. And uh, you know, other than that, just um, spend a lot more time at home and. And just, uh, you know, enjoying what we got here. 
It's funny. I, I love that I talk to people occasionally who are like, who have no experience with houses. Like, you know what? I want to buy property. I want to rent it out. I want to, I want to like rent, rent units. Mm-hmm. I'm like, slow down. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? It's like, I want to buy a house. Yeah. I'm like, you have no experience doing house stuff and you want to buy a house. Are you sure you know what you're doing? It's like the same person that wants to use Carvana and buy that BMW, but you can't, you can't, if, if the, uh, if the, the tail light goes out, you can barely afford to replace it mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, or, or a lot of folks I know, you know, are buying these homes as well. And it's great. You, you get approved. It's a good time to buy. And, and then it's like you, you go to one thing goes bad or you need furniture. Furniture's expensive. It's expensive to, to keep a house running in order and, mm-hmm. you know, you're in every bed. So. I have a friend that always goes, I don't know why you're always helping your parents do their house. Like, why is everything always breaking? Like, that's the joys of owning a house. They're like, well, my own friend, he doesn't do all that. I'm like, well, apparently they're not doing something right. I don't know anybody who has a house. <laughs> just nothing goes wrong with it. Yeah. Like, even the brand new stuff. I have a friend who actually got a townhome well, built. I said for sure the brand new stuff is probably even, you know, like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's particle board homes, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it seems like the new stuff breaks. I just know that because, you know, Stacy, my girlfriend, she's, uh, we're actually on our fourth flip home just bought. And a lot of the new stuff that we've, we've, we've gone with just <clears throat> sort of people are selling us stuff that's, little bit cheaper but that cheapness for instance like you know vinyl flooring that that dollar or two less you know per square foot actually is really way crappier so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff out there if you're not spending a little bit of money you know for the good material which a lot of people are are unfortunately selling gotta keep a lookout years ago quick a former co-worker different job they're getting a house built and she was looking at housing and she showed me how like you can tell this is a flip house like how so she looks at the like, oh, the house is forty thousand dollars. They bought it for for forty five. Now they're selling for a hundred thousand. Like they've had it for less than a year. I'm pretty sure this is a flip house. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That that whole thing just scares the crap out of me. You get a new house built, they build it wrong. You buy a used house, they try and hide something from you. Took me 14 months to find a house. I mean, the market was was a little bit difficult, but at the same time, I was fairly picky. You know, just there was a lot of places where I'm glad that you know, even though I made offers to, like I think I told you, the market was so hot the last, you know, two years almost that I went to bid five times before having the house I do now. And I'm actually really happy that I did because I'd have been stuck in some homes where it was not worth. You know, we were putting a twenty thousand over listing price, which is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. so. you're like you're not in Austin. Whew. Yeah, it's real expensive down there. The um, the one podcast I listened to, he lived out in L.A. Not L.A. Uh, San Francisco in the Bay, and um, his wife had asthma. Well, with COVID and everything, and being stuck in the house all the time, and then his buddy in Texas was like, "Oh yeah, we're free down here. We can do whatever." Da da da. He's like, "Okay." It's been almost a year. L.A. is like San Francisco is not is not like letting up on anything. Like it was like martial law in the Bay. He's like, yeah, we're moving to Texas. He said there's a st- he told the story with the house he was trying to one house he's trying to buy. They showed up for like one forty five, 
and like the opening was until two. Well, at one fifty, the family was leaving, and this guy and his realtor ran to the house and checked it out, like before. Like the guy was staying in line, like you know, you wait for your turn to go through with the realtor. Well, they just went through. He's like, "Is that legal?" So I don't think so. So he went in too to look through. So he came back out. There's a line of like fifteen people, and as he puts it, <laughs> they were every iteration of him and his girlfriend. Like there's a there was like it was like they cloned him, but like. This guy had a beard. This guy was bald. This guy's a little bit taller. This guy's a little shorter. This guy's a little fatter. This guy's a little skinnier. It's like it was really surreal seeing all these people who kind of looked like me who wanted this house. <laughs> That's wild. He ended up not getting it, but he ended up finding another house. I guess a real, another real estate person was selling it, and um, they ended up buying that one instead. But a, a lot of the houses down there were getting bought up by either real estate estate or the real estate trusts. Or just people from L.A. coming in in California and whatnot, just putting down shitloads of money because they're used to like paying too much in California. I blame Joe Rogan. Nah, you can you can. It was before Joe Rogan. He just he was in the he was in the mid in the mid in the mid uh, transfer and uh, not transfer. What's the word? The mid migration. He jumped on the wagon. Did you hear that California wants to try and make a thing that if you move out of California, you still need to pay taxes, like for so much for so long? Wow. There was rumors of that then, going through. How dare you? The Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> she selling more things. But guess what? That's all the time we got today. So we're gonna play the outro music. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the Stern Conscious Podcast. Next week, hopefully, Joe will be back. And if not, we'll find another guest. Because Joe's, Joe's replaceable sometimes. But not all the time. Anything else to leave us any parting words, Nick? Hey, thanks for having me. It's fun as usual. Yep. We'll uh, hopefully be on here soon. And if you'd like to be a guest on Stern Conscious Podcast, call 412 447 1669 and leave a message. Let's go.